welcome to episode number 34 of the Bender Blend podcast. I am your host, Jordan Bender. On this episode, uh, we recorded on Saturday night, not our usual recording time or day, but it was a special occasion. Uh, Gabby's boyfriend, John Chen, was in town, and uh, he works in the music industry down in L.A., Um, so we chatted about that, got some insight from him on uh, what he does and his whole take on music. It was a a really good conversation. Um, We were all super tired. I know I was just exhausted, but uh, we still had fun. Um, And then, yeah, we had some deep conversation. It was great. Uh, Thanks, Gabby and John, for doing it. Uh, You guys, hopefully uh, hopefully your Sunday's going well. It's Sunday when I'm going to put this out. Enjoy, everybody. Cheers. So we're not going to have our crack can opening. Oh, yeah. Because it's a special Saturday night podcast. It's vodka. Oh, should we start by cleaning? Yeah, sure. We can cheers. Thanks for being here, guys. That was a terrible... Well, yeah, they're so again. full that it's like the sound is like clunk. It's not going to... It's just kind of clunk. Um, so this is episode 34. This is the official episode 34. Nice. It is. So So does this actually go live as well? No, no. I, I'm still working on thinking about doing that, but I'm like, that, that requires some other equipment that I'm not sure what. But you post them online. Like Yeah, so I'll... You know, and we're recording, so not to freak anybody out, but... Um, <laughs> wow, that's stiff. Um, the cocktail. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we I usually record... So Mondays we record, and then I'm trying to be quicker about it, too. Like, I usually wait till the weekend to edit, uh, edit air quotes. Um, I do an intro, like a music... I'll, I'll get on GarageBand and do a little funny, weird music. That's dope. And then I do my little intro, like, hey, welcome to episode number, blah, blah, blah. And then I tell, you know, like, the get who the guest was. And then um, I upload it to SoundCloud, and then SoundCloud shares it to iTunes. Oh, cool. They host for me, so... Nice yeah. to put it on Spotify? Um, no. That's what I, I need to... I know, and uh, I know I'm like... Spotify is double the users. It is, huh? Um, and I think I, if I do, if I have, if I want to do that, it's a different hosting website instead of SoundCloud. I think it's got to be. Although I don't know, I'll have to look into it. Yeah. I feel like Libsyn is one of those hosting websites that says we'll pick your you want iTunes, Spotify, blah blah blah, and maybe you pay a little more for that. So it's probably worth doing mm-hmm. um, at some point. I think so. so. Oh yeah. But yeah, I know, and that, and especially for Android users too, they're like, SoundCloud's yeah. cool, but Spotify, like, please. So, mm-hmm. listeners, I'm working on it. I swear. Um, so, John, why don't you uh, introduce yourself a little bit? We John we've Chen. we've heard a lot about you from Gabby, <laughs> and we finally have you here. Um, you're John Chen. My name is John Chen. <laughs> and uh, what do you do for a living, man? You've got a pretty interesting gig. I work as a senior creative director at a publishing company and also label, but I do mostly publishing, music publishing, that is. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been doing it for t- over two and a half years. Before okay. that, I worked at a record label as an A&R. And uh, I'm naive. What's an A and R? A and R is uh, stands for artist and repertoire. Okay. So it's pretty much what I'm doing now too. But uh, you basically scout talent, 
Um, you sign them if you're on the record side. You sign them to the label, and then you work on their repertoire, which is their body of music. Okay. Um, wow. In a bunch of different ways, you can find music from people who write them mm-hmm. for the artist, uh, or you put them in sessions, and they'll write music together. Now, on the publishing side, I deal mainly with writers and producers. So instead of being on the label side, we're yeah. writing the music for those artists. Oh wow! And okay. the artists that we have, we're putting them in, in sessions to write records together. That's, wow, that's cool, man. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That's uh, wow. Um, how'd you get into that? How'd you get into that? Game? I got into it. Um, so out of college, I worked because I just had I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I. Like lived. many of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I just knew I needed money. I think that was the most important part. I lived in New York City. Yeah. And I needed to sustain that living. So I took a job as a headhunter and I uh, headhunted for accountants, auditors, things like that. And it was yeah. honestly two and a half years that were terrifying every single day because I hated it. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. I got laid off uh, because of the economic crisis okay that happened and i think what was that 2008 eight yeah. yeah it was 2008 mm-hmm. um and it was actually one of the most freeing days of my life because at that time i was making enough money i was making a good amount of money mm-hmm. uh to the point where you know sometimes when you're making a lot of money you feel trapped and that you can't get out of that right you're like well i'm i need to like it's a it's a comfort thing almost yeah 100 percent. yeah you don't really want to let that go because what else are you going to do you're going to start from scratch so when you're forced out of something like that you really think you look at your life and i always had a passion in music so i decided i was going to do whatever i could um and i took an internship at a management company a music management company and just worked really really hard and from there yeah. Took steps, became an assistant, moved out to LA, was an assistant here as well, and then kind of kept progressing. That's awesome. Yeah. You did the work, man. Yeah. That's that's really cool to, I'm sure, and like you said, it, it was freeing to be out of that other business and also finding that path where you're like, this is what I should be doing. Yeah. That's That's got to be a really cool feeling. Yeah, I think, I think I, we all I, chase that for 100%. sure. 100%. Yeah. I mean, chasing your passion, I think, is... Number one, knowing what your passion is is something that is mm-hmm. uh, not even that common because a lot of people, I think, very true. As kids, your passion is almost beat out of you mm-hmm. because many people's passion is not necessarily what your parents think will make you money. Yeah, you know, or yeah. help you be quote unquote successful. So, yeah, to first know your passion is very important, <clears throat> and then to be able to chase it, yeah, is even more important. I agree, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Vodka down the wrong Vodka. Jeez, <laughs> um, see, that's why I drink beer usually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't happen that much. Um, yeah, I mean, that's important. And, you know, having pe- newer people on, it's always that. Because I consider, I'm a late bloomer, I think, mm. for as far as finding passion. You know, because... I think, but I'm also kind of grateful because if I think about if I loved this kind of stuff in high school, like would I have gotten burnt out doing it? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of glad like when I turned 30, like 
I started thinking about because I used to listen to podcasts all the time, and I still mm. do. But it was like, I, I wonder if I could do something like that. And I kind of mm. started thinking about maybe it's a possibility. Maybe I could do it. And I started looking into the recording stuff, and I was just like, this that'd be fun as shit. And then yeah. it took me a while, but you know, four years later, three or four years later, it's like, okay, now we get, I've got something started, and it's the the joy in building something like this has been immeasurable. Like it's, it's really like helped me be more creative in other areas too, not just, you know, doing this stuff, but like talking to other people, you know, talking, having Gabby and meeting all the people that are on. Mm -hmm. It's like everybody's creative and a lot of us are not doing, we're not chasing our passion per se, which isn't always a bad thing. Like that, I think our uh, collective group and I'll speak for myself. Mm -hmm. um, I still don't know what my passion is. My true, like, I have. I think I have too many. Like, I gotta narrow it down. We and we talk about that a lot. About like, don't stretch yourself too thin. Getting starting one project and not finishing it because you get mm -hmm. distracted by oh, I want to go do that now. So sometimes having a singular focus is nice, and that's it's a rewarding because mm -hmm. you can really put like, okay, this is worth my energy all the all the way but for now it's like man i'm still kind of bouncing around and it it fucks with my productivity for sure because <laughs> i'm like i need to i really should like buckle down on the podcast and working on that and having other people hold me accountable is has helped me do that too like these you know the crew's been good about being like so what about and i'm like yep you're right i gotta yeah. get after it you know so well, that's not necessarily a, a bad thing either, doing so many different things because it might lead you to that, your passion. You mean like, Correct. I, yeah. as much as I hated that job that I started off with, if it wasn't mm -hmm. for that job, it wouldn't have led me to, Right. I don't think there was another way that I would have been led to music. Yeah. I needed to go through that to know what I hated before... Yeah, I could see the value in what I love. That's really yeah, and that's a good lesson to learn. Um, I think that's I think that's a lot of people's stories that are creative and get into their field, and it's like, how'd you get here? Like, you hear a lot of comedians or actors are like, well, I was a fucking Joe Schmo working a yeah. shit job, and then <laughs> you know they tried stand up for the first time or something and it's like it clicks and they're like oh I gotta do this. I should be doing this yeah so I'm I'm not saying that moment will never come for me but I'm always I'm open to I'm like when it comes it'll come and yeah. if it doesn't I'll just keep doing fun shit along the way like yeah. who's to say maybe trying to like predict it is dumb too because who knows it like it could happen tomorrow I have no idea but I think opening myself up to like other creative people and sharing passions and shit like that and saying it out loud mm -hmm. sometimes just helps too no, I think being open is one of the biggest things mm -hmm. because I think as a society we can tend to be indoctrinated yeah. to thinking singularly but when you expand your mind and you become open to different possibilities of you know I can do I could try different things and not necessarily have major repercussions mm -hmm. in the future because you we're all discovering ourselves you know yeah. um that 
becomes a lot more fulfilling to the person in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, they know what they want to do and they get into it and yeah, they're very lucky. That's it. Done. You right. Know, they've known what they want. I have two friends who I grew up with in kindergarten and they had always told me that one of them wanted to be an architect the other one wanted to be an eye doctor and now yeah. they're architect one's an architect the other one's an eye doctor and they nailed it yeah they nailed it they got it right you know but <laughs> yeah. for most of us it's not like that definitely not no but it also it's we sometimes think that our life should work so fluidly mm-hmm. in a way where I'm at this age, I should do this at this age. I mean, I thought that by 30 years old, mm-hmm. I would have had my entire life figured out. Yeah. Would have had kids, would have had like this idea of what I was, you know? Um, I, I had a, a thought that I was going to be this mature guy, which at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gavin can tell you I'm really not, <laughs> you know? I'm yeah. just very much still, just, I'm still trying to figure it out myself, you yeah. know, um, yeah. in many, many different ways. Uh, but... I feel like society sometimes tells us that you should have everything figured out by a certain point. Definitely. There's those pressures. And I think more and more, too, with different generations, it's that's kind of, that's definitely fading away. You know, the whole, mm-hmm. like, you need to get married and you have one career, or, you, you know, that whole thing mm-hmm. is definitely, you know, there's, and not to say that's not the right way either. Like, who's to say that's not? Some people find that and then that's fulfilling. Yeah. But... Works for some. Yeah, it works for some. Mm-hmm. But um, do you play music? Do you play music at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 I mean, I grew up, I'm Asian, so I play piano. <laughs> <laughs> I took out the violin. <laughs> um, I also played guitar, uh, bass, and the clarinet. Wow. Uh, yeah, the clarinet. That's awesome. Didn't get me any girls for sure. That was, <laughs> that was a very different kind of instrument. <laughs> um, what, did you do? You have a preference? Do you do you have an instrument that's your instrument now? Like do you... now? I still think I think with piano I'm the most fluid. That's yeah, where I, that's your... I'll I'll go on a piano and I'll just play stuff not for any reason other than just to play and to yeah. feel. That's awesome. The music, you know, yeah. um, guitar was always fun because uh, you could play that, and that was more of my social instrument where I would right. play that with my band and things like that. You could take it anywhere, one hundred percent. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. But like, piano is still that's probably true. the closest to just my core. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Do you yeah. guys ever collaborate? Do you guys? Do, do you guys ever? Do you sing with him while he plays piano? No. Why not? Why not? <laughs> oh, I actually don't have a piano. I I only play piano when I go home. Like I don't have a piano in my uh, place now in LA. When okay. I say home, I mean going to Back Jersey to okay. or something like that. Yeah. So you've actually never really heard me play piano. We gotta get you. I have a little bit. I like. You've tinkered. Yeah. And like you've sat down at places that we that we've gone to and you've played piano and I've always loved it. Yeah. And you're like, I should sing. And you're like, no. <laughs> I feel a song coming. Shut up. <laughs> I'm done. I'm good. Um, that's awesome. What uh, what kind of band were you in? I was like, uh, I was in two bands, but yeah, um, they were both rock bands. Okay. They were just oh, yeah. rock slash punk or right. whatever. But they were good. They're funny. No, they they were not good. <laughs> they were good at the time because we were in Hong Kong. I lived in Hong Kong for a while, mm-hmm. and 
we formed a band that was doing a style of music that no one else there was doing. And so oh, that's cool. why. That's very cool. It's like you either do what everyone else is doing or you do something a little different. And even though I don't think we were the best, mm-hmm. but we were refreshing. Right. You guys you know? had fun. Yeah, exactly. People were like, whoa. Yeah, it's yeah. a very different sound for everybody. But awesome. um, <laughs> yeah, but now, I mean, every time you go back and you listen to those things, you're like, damn. You're like, wow, okay, that was a time. I was, was depressed. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I was so emotional. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I never got into the band. I was never in a band. I mm-hmm. played drums. Not seriously, though. Like, I've always had a good, pretty good natural sense of rhythm, so I can usually play along. But I never cracked down. I never was disciplined enough to, like, practice and go try to be in a band. I think my buddy and I had a... We thought, I think it was probably middle school, and we were like, let's start jamming. And yeah, so we, yeah. I would jam, but we were right. like, we were never like, let's be in a band. Yeah. Because I think we both, he was way better. He was a, he still plays guitar, and he's, he's great, but we never, we could never connect on like, what's our style? Because we started off just kind of copy, you know, we would play Bush. Right, 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 of course. You play the covers. Like, that you, you get that, yeah. that fucking song, uh, Glycerine. We oh, played that song amazing. over, and I, I bet his parents just fucking, they're like, yep, hot 30th time in a row playing that riff. <laughs> <laughs> fucking get it. Remember, I think his dad came down one time and was like, you guys figure out the rest of the song? <laughs> like, We're working on it, Monty, sorry. <laughs> but... Um, what did you feel was your release as a kid? Like, what what did you do that I, was... Sports. Sports. I was okay. a sports boy. I loved baseball. I still love baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball and basketball were two of my, like, favorite things to do. That was... Um, and, yeah, it, it, it's not that my parents didn't encourage, like, play mute. Like, they didn't not say that. My dad had it, and I still have it. I, I'd love to restring it. It's an old nylon string guitar. guitar. And he, mm-hmm. I'd see him playing and... You know, but it was never, I never was like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. We had like a cool, you know, those little cheap uh, oh, Casio, you know, with the goofy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, of course. So we'd always fuck around, but I was never, I don't think, I think it was probably the first time I heard like Metallica. I was like, dude, drums are, I could fuck, I want to play that song on drums. Mm-hmm. And I'd never, and I just, our band room, you know. I walked in there and it was just kind of like a free period or something. And I was like, started tinkering around. I was like, oh, I, I kind of know how to, like, oh, that's okay. It's pretty good rhythm, sense of rhythm. But it never picked up from there. It was never like, I can do this as a living. You know, did you like, have a, uh, a drum kit at all? I did. I ended up buying one. Oh, cool. Um, it was a Ludwig five piece. Nice. Blue. I love that thing. Um, and I played it. You know, I would play and I'd have. Like my buddy and I, Brian and I would jam and try, you know, we tried playing music and it just, I just, I don't know. I, for me, it was probably, a di- like I said, a discipline thing. I just mm-hmm. didn't really think of it as a, um, as a thing you could do. Uh, yeah. Something yeah. that I was like, this is fun, but I don't, I'm not, ta- I didn't take it seriously. I was like, yeah. Eh. And my buddies were in bands and my, you know, my brother's friends were in bands in high school and it was fun to watch him play. It was like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. But I never had that urge to be like, I don't know calling. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think maybe parts of me was like, yeah, that'd be fun, but it was never enough to make me go do it or right. try. But, right. Um, but yeah, I was, I was 
I always played sports and shit to kind of, and then, like I said, being a late bloomer into the create, you know, I guess I always loved writing, but when I, like, 28, 29 is when I started painting, trying to paint, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, this is awesome, mm -hmm. and I'm not that bad at it, like, what? But I'm, again, I was like, I'm kind of glad it was late. Mm -hmm. like, you, know, you think you would have gotten bored of it if you had found it earlier? Possibly. I always think about that. I'm like, I don't, but it's like one of those, I, I'll never know, but I'm okay. With, I'm glad I found it, right. you know, when I did. It was like, oh, I love painting and I love drawing. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you're always somebody who, when you were younger, you would start something but never see it through? Like absolutely. Would, I was exactly the same way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My mom would always, and it was funny because at one point I, it, it upset me because my mom would be like, I wanted to take up skateboarding. So I'm going to buy you a skateboard because you're never going to really get become great at it. That's, I, that's, actually, that's also like a very Asian thing. That's like, so Asian. If you're going to do something, you got to do it right. You know, yeah, but yeah. no, but she's like, she always thought that I was going to quit on everything eventually. I would get bored of it because I would. I would yeah. try something mm -hmm. and I'd be like, yeah, this is cool. I'd do it for a little while. Yeah. And then right. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. She's, she knew your pattern. Yeah. She's like, Look, I'm not being trying to be mean, but yeah, <laughs> like, I know. And then this happened with skateboarding. I actually got bored of it and yeah. all that. But then it wasn't until music when I my friend left his guitar and I started playing. I kind of figured out some. I figured out wasn't the first song. I figured out "Slide" by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I just I was just messing around and I heard it. Uh, and I told my mom, I was like, I love guitar and. I wanted her to buy me a guitar, but she she thought I'd give it up. But I mm. that's one thing that I never gave up. Yeah. Because it was just it 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 clicked for me, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah, I guess uh, like painting for you or right. maybe even stand up yeah. when that happens. Yeah, I know. I gotta. You I, know. I said I'd do it, so now I have to do it. <laughs> I mean, if this thing's live, you tell them where you're gonna be at and, yeah, and what date, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I want that pressure. <laughs> Wait, wait, if it goes well, then I'll tell you and I'll do it again and you guys can come see me do it again when it's when I've got something good. And somehow like 500 people just show up at Bender. Oh, Bender, we're here for you. Oh, fuck. I'm not Bender. I don't, I don't not, that's not a real person. Um, but it was, yeah, so it's, I don't know, Gabby, what it, I guess, I mean, we've asked you about it, but it's like. How do you feel about that singular thing? I know we kind of talked about it what that one episode, and everybody kind of gave me the answer that I was like, not looking for. <laughs> I was like, everybody has one. No, it's not true. It's not. But when I don't you do, think so I think it's hard. It's been because I'm also a late bloomer, and we talked yeah. about this. Where I've always known that my my truest passion. Uh, since I was a kid, was acting. Yeah. That was, like, the one thing. I was like, yeah. Not even volleyball. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I loved volleyball, but I, but for, for me, like, I just, I love performing with yeah. people. I love performing, mm -hmm. and I, acting for me is more than just performance, though. It's cathartic. It's super therapeutic. Yeah. And if I could invoke and create a character and be this character and then, uh pull myself out there. Like, I remember having... Like feeling after in in acting class, and then the how I felt after putting up a scene and finishing it, and um, just how much more uh, lighter I felt mm -hmm. because I would bring in 
scenes that were pertinent to whatever I was I was um, right feeling in in real life. So that's like if if someone were to ask me, it's like if you put a gun to my head and yeah. said, if, "Choose now a career that you want to have for the rest of your life," I would say acting. Because acting, yeah. it wasn't ever for like glitz and glamour and, right. and the silver screen it was because I just it felt good. I wanted to be yeah. someone different yeah and I think that for me it was and I I do enjoy performing professional play pretend yeah, yeah exactly yeah um, but why so did, but why did you want to be someone different I don't know you I guess it was just like I wanted to I wanted to be different characters mm-hmm Maybe maybe we're going into something deeper. <laughs> yeah. Psychoanalysis. Exactly. Now is when we get deep. Well, we're, we're almost done with, just for the listeners, we're almost all done through with our first cocktail, so maybe that's why it just got, so it just got <laughs> real. I mean, I don't know, but I, I just think that it's just, it's fun playing pretend. Like, mm-hmm. uh, growing yeah. up as, as a kid, I, yeah. I loved playing pretend. I loved... Mm-hmm playing veterinarian or cops and robbers or this and that and I'd make my own like little scene I remember starting to write my first screenplay when I was like 10 or 11 what was it about do you remember yeah what was it about I never finished it (laughs) (laughs) there's still time it was oh man it was about uh this student that was taking she was uh in her in a ph I don't even know if this is even possible but she was Studying her PhD in uh, criminology. Okay. So at the time, I actually was really interested in studying crimin- uh, criminology. Right. I was obsessed with, I wanted to be a crime scene investigator. Yeah. I wanted to do that for like a few years. It's like, yeah. And then I found out what they get paid yeah. for the shit that they it's have crazy. to do. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, get paid, they get paid nothing. So it's a public service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it see is. Dead, like all these scenes of murder and right. atrociousness, and you get paid thirty six thousand dollars. Yeah. I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't think they do it for the money. No, <laughs> no they don't. She'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, blood. Um, uh, shoot, what was I saying? Um, oh, you're a screenplay, so you wrote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So your... this uh, student, she was in a PhD, studying her PhD in criminology. And uh, her professor, again, fantasy world, the professor gives out real uh, cold cases to okay. the students, and he gives her this cold case of this woman that disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, it was it was going to be like a horror movie also. Yeah. Okay. And like children's horror movie. Yeah. That's it, sc- yeah. It's like that'd be creepy. No, it wasn't a children's horror movie, but uh, but like I remember one scene. You know, she's going that I was writing. She goes down to the cellar, this old library, or where they keep the old um, uh, archives of newspapers, mm-hmm. and uh, and I wrote in this like in the scene where the camera is panning towards the right and it's following her. So you know how the libraries have the pillars of the the yeah books and whatever so it's following her and then the camera she keeps walking the camera stops and then you see the ghost of the girl behind her oh so it was a straight up yeah it was it was horror and um supernatural so she starts kind of like haunting her too and then like uh inevitably the story was gonna end that the professor was the one that killed her that's a great 
How old that's were you? Amazing. I that's amazing. That's what I was, Dude, I think five. I was 11. Damn. Yeah. That's, that's actually, five. that's better than a lot of the fucking horror movies <laughs> I've seen. And I, I never, I never finished it. Here's the, here's the funny thing that has nothing to do with this. At the time I was writing on my, on my computer, uh, our desktop, our huge desktop at the time, because that's what it was back in the day. Right. It had no, it couldn't save memory. Oh. So I would, oh, no. for some reason, huh. I would write it and then write because I right Hand, I like, would write it down on paper, write, yeah, paper after yeah. I would write it down into the computer. Oh wow! Um, but uh, yeah, but anyway, so there's going back to like being a late bloomer. It's hard when you know that you're good at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at a lot of things. I'm really good at drawing, and I'm really good. And I'm, the more I'm doing it, the the more I'm improving. And I'm mm-hmm. like entertaining the thought like I'd like to put a little more time and effort into that and maybe that's something that I could do for not just like oh, I can make money off of it right but maybe. it's something that I could potentially look at what's um, interesting is like you say you're good at a lot of things I think you're good at a lot of things but then out of those things what do you love mm-hmm. right which one, which one is closest What's to... What's more realistic? What? Acting isn't realistic for me right now. Well, it's not realistic mm-hmm. for most people, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that... We were talking about that, like, the timing thing of yeah. some people and, you know, people that do the thing and move to L.A. and try and be an actor. It's like, that's, that's a crazy lottery. And you might win. You might... But it's like, also... You got to do a lot of work too. Mm-hmm. You, you put in the work and go audition for shit you don't want to, but you mm-hmm. got to. You're like, oh, I got to go do, you know, build it. And I, this coming from, I don't know anything about it, but you hear enough stories and you listen to enough podcasts of actors talking about getting into it. And it's like, some of them were damn lucky and they knew somebody or they just had a lucky, but like there's that whole lucky break thing, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. the ones that, you find out that's like, oh, they just worked and worked and work. Mm-hmm. And then it happens. It's like, yeah, it's a grind. But, you know, the people that are in it, they do it because they, it's like, there's a you lot of it. risk involved, but yeah. it's like, it's worth it. In the end, they're doing what they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's a lot, that's a lot of what holds me back too, is a fear of failure. And like, mm-hmm. well, if I don't do it right, the f- like, the first time then that's so scary and it's but I'm getting over that fear of just you just gotta go do it and you will fail but you gotta get back out and keep going yeah that's the whole Joe Rogan talks about that he's like failure is a huge motivator and it's a learning opportunity like Mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna fail nobody gets it right the first time nobody so yeah there's a quote that's Success is going from failure to failure without losing optimism. And yeah. that's really what it is. But then also, I, I think sometimes we're almost afraid to succeed. Yeah. As well. I, I think that's my know. case. And hmm. what does that mean and how does that right. change things? We're almost afraid of being powerful mm-hmm. and being big. Yeah. Because that's also uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. It's a place that you've never known before sense. either. Mm-hmm. It's like it's something like, oh shit, I got to the next threshold. I'm going to have to commit to doing this. Yeah, exactly. I know. And that's exactly. speaking from personal experience, doing this yeah. podcast thing is like, there's part of me that is, you know, there's 
which it's it's a, a weird irrational fear of like what if it does start doing really well it's like do yeah. i have to do this yeah, yeah. it's almost like what else you know, do i have to do right as someone but, who loves so many things yeah but it's also you know it's something that's like well that's that shouldn't you know i got over the fear of even starting it it's like yeah we're 34 episodes in now i can't mm-hmm. stop I'm, it's not going to stop now so I'm going through that phase of like, well, what's next? And what I know is next is like, I got to start building this thing bigger. It's mm-hmm. got to be good. You know, and I love what what it is right now, but mm-hmm. my ambition is like, yeah, I want to build it bigger and have right. more th- working parts to it. So right. there is that little fear, like you said, there's a weird fear of su- like succeeding in it. And it's like, what? Because it is, it's a, a comfort thing. It's like, yeah. it's kind of uncomfortable to be... Yeah, so. to be so big, and you'd have to <laughs> devote so much time yeah, to, to it, even more to it, and you'd sacrifice a lot by devoting more to it, you know. And I think yeah. that's that's what it is. I mean, I feel like, I mean, you know, the most successful successful people are people who aren't afraid to almost lose everything right. for their mm-hmm. dream. You yeah, know? they just go in. Yeah, just, yeah, it is. It's one of those. Uh, yeah. There's Brenna. <laughs> You're just in time. We're doing a Saturday night session. <laughs> there, we got her on mic for the twi- second time. Yes. <laughs> um, what else? Do you, do you guys want to talk about some other shit? Um, we always ask if you have any, and I mean, you're you're in the business, so we always kind of go over, like, is there any new music that you've been listening to that's been really, like, awesome and you want to tell people go listen to this it's it's really good shit i mean things that are could be old or new but yeah i mean there are things that are out right now i mean we just signed juice world who's already large he's huge juice uh, world yeah juice world uh he's in oh man by saying emo rap it kind of <laughs> makes <laughs> puts him into a box but right you know he comes from that world he's this very interesting kid who has gone through a lot yeah. and just within the past year has really exploded onto the scene with this record called Lucid Dreams, mm-hmm. which uh, made it to a uh, top 10 record wow. on top 40. And I think it was top, maybe top three record on the Billboard Hot 100, wow. which is a combination of streaming, um, downloads, mm-hmm. um, things like that, and also airplay. Uh, but... You know, he's really interesting because, especially coming from, you know, when we were younger, I don't know if you remember bands like My Chemical Romance, yeah. right? No, definitely. So, yeah. this kid is, when you go to his show, it almost reminds, it's very reminiscent of that, hmm. but it's in an urban space, you know, his lyric, yeah. lyricism is very emotional, you know, it talks about the things that he has to deal with, it's very relevant today, it's very honest, Yeah. Um, but... It's it's almost like taking something from the past, but really making it fresh. So he's he's That's, a kid who's. It sounds interesting, man. I'll have to I'll give it a listen. Yeah, he's he's really really awesome. Um, I mean, he's one that that I think people already are uh, are looking at. You know, yeah. and people already listen to him. A lot of kids listen to him. Mm-hmm. It hasn't reached people outside of I guess the the younger demographic. I guess and people right. in the industry know about it. Um, but definitely check him out. Yeah. Okay. I will. Yeah, he's really, really cool. Yeah. That's, uh, 
I was going to say, you kind of have the pipeline into that, like, direct. I'm sure Gabby's always like, hey, who's coming down the pipeline? Yeah, she hates the music. I was like, <laughs> it's like top 40. <laughs> Yo, we were on this, uh, we, were, we were in Tahoe, and we were going on this uh, gondola ride. <laughs> And we were That's like, hilarious. we're like, we're four, four of these dudes, and they're just talking to four each other. Four of these bros, they're total bros. Yeah. They weren't quite bros. I mean, like, <laughs> but we we're just sitting there, and they're just talking about music, and uh, they're all planning on like, like what they're gonna listen to yeah. while they're going down on the slopes, bro. Yeah, okay. and, and one guy's like, oh yeah, don't. Don't talk to Brian. He listens to Top 40. And then they all start chuckling and shit. And then she and I were just hitting each other. Because, you know, Top 40 is one of those things where I guess it, sometimes it can be seen as a bit, um, a little less, uh, a little more soulless, I guess. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it depends on yeah. what, what you have on there. But, you know, it's pretty indispensable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, Gabby listens to a lot of cool stuff. She listens to, like, Agnes Obel. Yeah. She showed me she Agnes Obel. Which... Yeah. I, I was, because I... She's too cool for me. She's pretty cool. She's yeah. too cool I remember the school. first, to the first time we met... I sold my soul. was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first yeah. time we met, I forgot, oh, yeah, I think you asked me, like, oh, so what kind of music do you like? And I said, oh, jazz, blues. Jazz. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I was like, or didn't you ask me something about, like, top, or did, I think I just said, like, oh. Fuck that top forty shit. And he's like, like "That's what that's I just, do." Like, that's what I do. Like, that's oh no, I, that's I, who I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, let me wait, wait, wait. You backpedal. Uh, what, did I say no? Um, I, mean, I like it. And I mean, and we've talked about it too. Is I'm I have a very specific genre. I love I love metal. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my. But I'm also very open to like I love Agnes. I love instrumental shit. Mm-hmm. I try to be open to everything. I'll give everything a fair shake is the way. I mean, there's definitely some things I'm like, I don't need to listen to that. I already know. I don't need to listen to it. But for the most part, if someone says like, you know, check it out. It's like, I will. And I will. You know, Henry's been kind of the young, he's our young guy. So we tap into him and be like, what's, what are you kids listening to? (laughs) And he shows us a bunch of shit. And it's like, you know, it's kind of fun to. And being being a little more open minded about it, unless because in the end it's like people like what they like, that's yeah. fine, and that's okay. Yeah. I don't need to be a bitter asshole about it. Like, <laughs> I don't have to listen to it if I don't want to. No, hundred percent. I know? think that like as a consumer, consumers like what they like, and yeah. I would never ask any consumer to to try and like something that they just don't like. Music is such a personal and emotional thing. Yeah. If it doesn't touch your soul, yeah. That's not anybody's fault. Exactly. You know what I mean? But yeah. as someone who works in the business, my job is not to only... I have to be passionate about the things I sign, but it's also to have an awareness of why people listen to what they do. Why right. is it yeah. that a certain kind of music connects with kids today? Because it's, it, it's easy to say that the kids don't know what they're doing. But at the same time, our parents said the same things about us, yeah, you know, and definitely. they said that music is trash. <laughs> definitely, yep. It's a generational thing. It might, yeah. My job is not to, to say that they're wrong. It's to ask the question, why? Why are they listening to this and why do they connect with it? And right. what's interesting is a lot of the music today is about, you, you listen, it's very emotional. You have a lot of records about suicide. You have a lot of records about mm-hmm. popping pills. And a lot of pharmaceutical pills. Yeah. And in the way that I see it, you just see this is what kids are going through. Kids yeah. 
it's it actually touches upon the fact that our pharmaceutical the pharmaceutical industry yeah. has all that has trickled down to the point where kids are abusing these pills yeah. suicide because they don't know how to cope with their emotions and I think that that was something that was probably prevalent in classmates that we all had people that were really depressed and may yeah. have thought about that before but the reason why other people connect to it is not because they idolize it but it, Right. Because they also feel the same things that they do. Yeah. And yeah. that is what, to me, is very interesting. And on a larger social level, we have to figure out how to help these kids. Right. You know, and how to make sure that they don't feel helpless, yeah. that they don't turn to these prescription drugs. How do we control that or how do we, right. how do we facilitate that? Rather than saying that these songs are bad because they're singing about them. You know, right. we remember yeah. the same things with like yeah. Jay-Z or, you know, mm-hmm. they're talking about smoking weed. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. used to be the worst thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the devil's yeah, lettuce. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, a, that's it's, a good way to look at it, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point of why are they listening to it. Yeah. Um, it's a reflection of us, really. Absolutely. A reflection of society and where yeah. we are today. Yeah. And music has always been... The one the music that has always shifted cultures because it is so relevant. It's, it's, it's everyone's experience. Yeah, it's that solidarity of everybody saying, "Oh yeah, even it." And there's been, you know, <laughs> Jack Black calls it cheese whiz. He's like, everybody has cheese whiz that they like, but they won't tell their friends. <laughs> they don't want to admit to their friends that they listen to that. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely been, you know, top forty that I hear, and I'm like. Okay, it's pretty catchy, and uh, yeah, all right, I like that. You like that? <laughs> I like that. Like, I, I still to this day like not not every song, but a lot of. It took me a long time to admit. I was like, I like a lot of Rihanna's shit. <laughs> Rihanna's dope though. <laughs> Rihanna's so kind of dope though. Right. I was like, but for me, I was like, I'm yeah. a fucking metalhead, and I'm like. Yo, you know we should check out. Hits me. I mean, she's she's beautiful too, but it's like she's got some about her voice. I was just like, I remember hearing. I can't remember what song it was. Disturbia, maybe or something. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Anyways, it was like I heard that, and I remember I was driving, and I was like, "All right," and I listened to the whole song, and I didn't change it, and then I was like. I had that moment of just like, oh shit, I better put on some like metal. And I was like, oh. again, too soft. Cleanse my yeah. soul. Cleanse, yeah. cleanse my palate. And then I was like, no, that's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna go download that. Put it on a secret playlist. Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> secret playlist. Private. Yeah. Private profile. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting though, because uh, you know, like Rihanna, she actually doesn't write any of her own music. Yeah. <gasps> Don't say that to the public. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they know. Yeah, she does. She doesn't. Most I mean, people know. But she's very good at choosing the. I mean, her and her team. I would say. Yeah. They're good at choosing the right records for her, and she is. There's really a, you know, it's something that in. In music, it is unfortunately true, where. The brand is so important. Mm-hmm. Rihanna serves as a brand and a vehicle yeah. for conveying messages and songs that no one else doing the exact same thing would be able to do. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and that is always like, no matter what, 
anyone says that X factor, that that quality is still so, so important. And I think that, that is, that's true for any kind of forward-facing position like that. Yeah. You know, like there, you have to, there needs to be something just like so special because there's so many great musicians out there. But to be a global super, superstar, you really need to have this thing about you, whether that's mm-hmm. her, whether that's Beyonce. Yeah, you know, there is. Yeah, it's like, that makes sense. It is. It's, yeah. it's a brand. They become a brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's funny because that is something that that's a whole nother level of just love them or hate. Like, especially the people that are like, "Fuck that!" It's like they're selling like over a million people listen to them, so they're doing something right. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I, there's plenty of shit that's way popular that I'm like, there's no fucking... She's gone, so I can talk shit. I, yeah. I do not like modern country. Yeah. <laughs> Brenna's, and Brenna knows, my cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like... But, like, Luke Bryant... Like, I hear shit, and I'm just like... Yeah, no. Florida Georgia Line, right? Like, that kind of stuff. That... I can't do it, man. I, I've tried, and I'm just like, I don't I don't get it. I don't... It doesn't... Like you said, it doesn't yeah. connect with me. I'm yeah. just like, I, I don't understand. But enough people... Like, I'm like, well, I can't... My one opinion about it isn't going to change those thousands or hundreds of thousands of people's opinion. And it's kind of... It's like, well, they're hitting somebody's like... Yeah, it some, connects to somebody. So it's connecting, and now... and. You saying like the why that's that's something it's actually going to be more of a fun thing to do is like why is that I guess I've never really thought that much about it's like the why yeah exactly now now that you said that I'm like I'm gonna start doing that why is that yeah they're dumb no I'm just (laughs) Um, but I mean I think that that goes in like all sort of communication I mean it's not just like music but you know even like when you get into an argument right. Mm Like when we get into arguments, right? You guys argue? You guys don't fight? <laughs> Never. <laughs> We're perfect. Yeah, but when, even when you get in an argument, rather than being like, I feel this, I feel that, mm-hmm. to flip it and say, why do they feel that? Right. That's a very different conversation. Definitely. You know, and that mm-hmm. changes the perspective of how you approach the conversation. Absolutely. You know, and that that's yeah. also, I think, in any business too if you ask why are people connecting with this why are people connecting with that that will help any business become stronger at what they do because they realize what the market is that's just the market you know the market yeah people are engaging with this for a specific reason if you find out why then you'll be able to connect with those people more effectively yeah that makes a lot of sense man that's well said yeah, it's very, very yeah. interesting. The why, that is, asking why goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Like, Gabby, why are you wearing that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> why would you wear that jacket? Is it cold. Perhaps, is, are you cold right now? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not now because I'm wearing the jacket. Should we get some more vodka? <laughs> I was going to say, should we get more vodka going? Yeah, let's get some um, vodka. So we're at like 46 minutes. How do you guys feel? You want to keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep With going. With some more vodka, though. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll take a quick drink break, and it'll seamlessly flow together. It'll be like <laughs> we never even As paused if we it. Didn't yeah. Seamless, we never went away. <laughs> um, I know. We, I should have been recording <laughs> all that. It's all juicy time. stuff. I but, know. Um, yeah. We'll let the listeners in on our little vodka break we took to 
make new cocktails. We were talking about why the what the why and why we love certain things. And John, you asked me why do you, why do I love metal? And I I remember right and I I remember writing it down and it turned into this a lot of like initially it was it's just a it makes me feel good. I was like and I always hear the but it's so angry and I'm like it's it can be perceived that way but it's it's an emotion. It's they're emoting. They might be yeah, a lot of the guys are angry but they're getting it out in the best way possible. They're making music. And they're like I'm angry about this, so let me fucking get primal. And that's the other thing. I was like, I wrote the, that word down. I was like, it's pri- it's a primal feeling. Like certain riffs just hit you on this like bass lizard brain level of just like, <laughs> ooh, that makes me want to yeah. fucking headbang. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's primal. That beat and that riff, and that's part. That all it all is plays the part. But in the end, it's it's hard to define why I love it. It's just connects. It hits, it fills my little soul of just like, Ooh, that fills my little cup of goodness. Like, <laughs> yeah. That feels good. Mm-hmm. And it uh, feels raw and authentic. Yeah. It's just, yeah. That rawness too, the raw mm-hmm. emotion. And, you know, we were talking about bands. I listened to the, the first metal album I bought on my own was Pantera. Mm-hmm. And, talk about they it's funny because you could almost argue well i wouldn't argue because it's like that's a fucking deep wormhole rabbit hole (laughs) people that first album cowboys from hell and somebody might correct me like that actually wasn't their first i don't know i'm pretty sure that was their (laughs) first fucking major commercial success album let's put it that way you listen to it and it's so different. Like he's got his voice is high. He sings, sings. Phil Anselmo's like singing, and it's you could almost argue it's got a little hair metal flair to it. Somebody would so I'll get punched on the street if somebody hears that. They're like <laughs> fucking Pantera, call you don't ever call him hair metal. Like, but his it's the vocal style is what I'm referring to. Like he's got that like you know yeah, yeah but yeah. and then the next album is just like they made this switch of just like oh they're getting dark and heavy and like he's his vocals his voice literally dropped like it got deeper mm. um and he can still sing but it's like man but that was that first i remember that buying that album this that album it was a cd and i went and bought it with my own money and i was like put it in and it was like oh yeah man yeah and of course Metallica felt followed short my brothers already had it so I was like but my own little per- first buy do you do you remember your first CD that you bought on your own I remember what was it it was uh my first CD was Third Eye Blind it was um the self-titled album uh-huh. and that was I still think to this day it's a fantastic album. It, it is. Holds up. It holds it, up. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. That nostalgia. I did. Uh, Semi charm kind of life. Yeah. And that f- was the hit. It no. was. And people. It's so funny. We talk, and I'm sure it's been talked about already. Mm-hmm. But it's like that song is very, very dark. It's very dark. It's but they were clever enough. Everything. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like about it's about a melt and like drug overdoses and shit. And it's like yep. Think about jumper. Yeah, right. Jumper's about suicide. Yeah. You know? It's... Yeah. No, dude, those 90s, I remember going through, um, thinking about, like, growing up, 
yeah, middle school listening to Third Eye Blind, Goo Goo Dolls, um, Bush, yeah. Live. Live. So, yeah, you remember yeah, Live? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Smash Mouth. Really s- <laughs> yeah, of course I did. They were, <laughs> I was a f- I was in eighth grade when that hit came out. Somebody. That one? Yeah. I think I was eighth grade. Well, did you ever listen to Fushu Mang? That was the one with Walking on the Sun. That was their first. Oh, that's right. Radio. Okay, that one. Yeah, that. That album was awesome. What movie? Can't Hardly Wait. Was it in oh, that was that what it was from? I think it was. Okay. 98, 1998. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, yeah, I was fucking 12. Dude, those guys smashing pumpkins. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love smashing. That's the thing, mm. like, going back. And yeah. there are those go-tos, like, you don't, I haven't listened to most of that shit in so many years. No, and then it, yeah. I'll hear it or I'll see something and, it will, and I'll go back and listen and be like, I still like a lot of that shit, man. Mm. Well, you know what's crazy about it? Like, and I talked to a bunch of people about this, but when I was a kid, and especially the way that we consume music back then, you buy an album, you yeah. play that album until it's <laughs> over. Until yeah. you... You listen to that all the time. I used to have yeah. songs that I would listen to to wake me up in the morning, you know, like the yeah. albums that would just start. And it sounds a little strange to say this, but when I hear those records again now, it brings me back to those times mm-hmm. where I, I can actually smell the way my room was yeah. when I, I would wake up in the morning. And yeah. it's something that I don't know if any other, anything else out there looking at a picture anything else that Josh memory can really bring that so close yeah to a person you know you, yeah I agree dude music has that weird ability to do it I wonder what that is that's it is it's that you know we can get all hippy dippy and it's like the, that <laughs> vibration is ingrained in you early you hear it and it connect you connect and then that vibration never really goes away. It comes mm-hmm. back out, and you're like, you, yeah. you find that vibration again. It's like, because that's what music is sound, it's vibrations. Yeah. It's the and one you, thing that you can't see. Yeah. But it makes you feel. Feels, yeah. yeah it's can, so weird. It's so bizarre. I know that feeling, dude. As oh. soon as you said that, I thought about that Pantera, listening to Pantera and Metallica in my basement with my brothers. And I can see like it's that vit all of a sudden it just those weird yeah. it's, it's nothing else does that. Nothing mm-hmm. else does that. Music brings that it's a time time machine. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like food oh, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. But and then you it brings it right back like vividly. Yeah. Very vividly. Strange. Maybe smells as well can do that. Yeah. But that's I don't, true. For me it's not as it's not as as clear. Yeah. You know, like when we were just talking about Smashing Pumpkins, um, I just remember, oh man, what was that album called? Fuck. It's going to kill me. Uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness? That was kind of, there was a double, I think, Mm -hmm. that had two CDs in it. And that first song on the album that was a piano record. Yeah. That started, like, just thinking about that song right now, I just remember waking up in my room and when that, like, yeah. I can feel like I was about to go to school. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? Man. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's strange how that. What about you, Gabby? What was it? Do yeah. you remember your first CD or tape? Even I remember the first <laughs> yeah. tape we bought was <laughs> MC Hammer. <laughs> Fucking MC Hammer. Oh, you know what? I so I don't know if it was <laughs> yeah, my that money, was a good one. But I remember um, CNC Music Factory. 
was the everybody dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad and I would play that song the entire album. I think I was um, eight or nine. Okay. And this is like, my parents were still together. And I think like, if I were to choose my favorite year of life, it was when I was eight years old. And we yeah. were living in this house and we had a pool and like, we had the perfect house for weekend get togethers all the time. So we'd have our neighbors over every weekend, yeah. family over every weekend. And my dad, we would, whenever, cause he played basketball, whenever he would have a game, he would always put on like that nineties kind of techno jock jams. Like, dude. Yeah. Jock those jock jams, jams yeah. to like pump himself up. Yeah, and then man. him and I would <laughs> dance in the living room Yeah, and then he'd sing it. And then I'd be like, yeah, everybody. So those yeah. are my best memories and I can it brings you right and back. it brings me right back to yeah. a time in life. That was like it. Everything was, everything was good. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Have you listened to those songs since? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it always brings me back to... It always brings me back. Um, my first tape that I think I bought with my own money, I don't know, was Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> you should talk to Jeff Fetzer about that. Mm-bop. Yeah, he did that album. Seriously? Yeah, he did that. You should talk to him about that. Oh, gosh. Um, but my first, my first album that I legally downloaded was uh, legally Did illegally downloaded. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, illegally. Oh, um, sure Napster you want to talk style. About this <laughs> Napster or LimeWire? No, Kasa. Oh yeah, I forgot about Kasa. Yeah, I forgot about Kasa. Oh man, my poor computer got AIDS. I had everything. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say I had everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. I had over four thousand songs, and then That's I came amazing. home one day, and a virus completely <laughs> fucked. My computer up and I cried for, I cried for a couple days, but it was, um, it was, uh, oh my gosh, uh, uh, Guns N' Roses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to Jeff about this. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeff is his old boss that, yeah, you need to explain who Jeff is. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just a a veteran of the music industry. Yeah. He signed. Everyone did, did Backstreet Boys' massive album. Oh, Britney wow. Spears. He did Guns N' Roses. He uh, did Tribe Called Quest. Wow. Um, and then, what a good catch there. Yeah. Hanson. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> well, not he, that. It was really interesting. I rarely get starstruck in the music industry because you just kind of become numb to it. But right. one time I was uh, when I was still with his assistant, Dave Grohl came down. Yeah. Right, and um, Jeff had always told me these stories about how he was chasing Nirvana yeah. at the time when everyone oh, signed him. And this guy goes so deep into it. That's funny. That he chased them down and um, I think went to their shows and then went out with them. And then he told me this story about how one day he went back with the band and just slept on the couch. Wow. At wherever they were staying. <laughs> yeah. And he said he was so close and he wanted to sign it. And it was a problem where legal took too long to respond. And so he lost that deal. But, you know, a lot of times wow. people tell stories and you always think they're embellished, right? Yeah. But that day, Dave Rowe came down. We all went to, you know, say hi to him. And it was the first time I was, I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh, hey. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then Jeff walks in. And Dave is like, Jeff, 
yo, what's going on, man? And then he introduced him. He's like, yo, this is a guy who almost got us, oh, but he didn't. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And then to hear it from his his mouth, it yeah. was just unbelievable. It wasn't just a, yeah, that's yeah. pretty, oh. I mean, someone like him who just, to me, is a, is a legend. You know? Dude, but, he is. <laughs> Dave Grohl is one of those guys. I've never seen Foo Fighters, <laughs> but I think most, most musicians, I, I and I'm, just assuming but like you hear a lot of like heavy metal dudes they're all they're all like dave Grohl's tight he's fuck good dude because he work he busts his ass and mm-hmm. he gives a shit mm-hmm. like when he fucking broke his broke his foot on tour and so, they're like do you want to cancel he's like no just give me a chair i'll go out and play yeah, exactly like it's that's crazy, fucking right? rock and roll that's 100%. so cool yeah I, that's i was gonna say that starstruck thing it's like that'd be one That'd be one dude where it'd be like, oh, fuck. Because how do you not geek out? Dude, I fucking, you're Everlong, holy shit. That song, yeah. it, oh, it meant so much. But then you, you Everlong <laughs> and then all of Nirvana shit, you're like, holy right. fuck. You yeah. f- people forget. <laughs> I do actually forget that he I, he's like, their fucking drummer. drummer. And then he, I know. And then he the also drummer. made the transition from drummer yeah. to guitarist and, and singer. singer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the dude's yeah. a talent. He's amazing. That's crazy. There's yeah, that yeah, funny... But then he was also moonlighting as a drummer for uh, who else? For uh, Queen, Queen's uh, Queen of the Stone Age. He's oh, been yeah, he's, yeah. he's 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 yeah. Everybody. Oh, he's he's in a lot. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say. Oh, such um, a cool person. <laughs> yeah, he, he was super like. cool. He was super chill. Like okay. the video yeah. of the the Italian like oh, yeah, thousand people that? that are playing, yeah. and then he responds and speaks to him in perfect Italian mm-hmm. is yeah. incredible. No, he's he's something else and. You see it too, like in live, you know, or on YouTube. Just go YouTube Foo Fighters content. He pulls kids out of the crowd and he's like, fuck, come up here and come play. Like, Green Day has done it too, but, and a few other bands, but you can see him just like. He's genuinely. He's genuinely yeah. like, dude, yeah. that. And then he, his face when like kids are like rocking out. There's 17 year old kid nails it and he's just like. He just puts. He's just like, you got it, dude. Like, <laughs> this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, he's a great example of not letting his success get to his head. Because oh, yeah. by all means, he could be a rock star. He is a rock star, but he's like, he could be that guy. That pretentious I need, I need this yeah. in my, I need, I'm not going to perform, you know. It's I like, need only orange M&M's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and a white sure. room. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm sure you've heard horror stories and maybe seen horror stories about certain musicians that it's like, I wonder what it, what, it's like, where did you forget that, like, yes, you're, you're human. You're human. You shit. (laughs) I mean, you know, what's interesting is the fact that, yeah, there are lots of people out there who are, are very much like that, but it's almost, not to give them a pass, but some of these people who are so particular, it all is also the, part of why they're so great right not that it excuses bad behavior right 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 but sometimes the most talented people are also the most volatile people yeah i can see that people who will flip on you yeah in an instant yeah it's that delicate genius you're like some it's because you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like there's people that i can i can imagine that they're so that's they live and breathe this thing, and they're so good at it. And I mean, 
just look at some of the histories like geniuses how is their social life not great mm-hmm. they were like people perceived them a certain way it's like well that's because their brain is not perceived like that they're operating on some other level of just like oh yeah i have to communicate with other humans <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do my best <laughs> yeah and it's like no that's fine that's fine because if you weren't like you are you wouldn't be who you are yeah, it's true. I mean, you think about even people outside of music, like Steve Jobs, for instance, right? We talk about it. He's known to be an asshole, you know? He's obsessed. It's that obsessive, um, those obsessive people. And, that, but, and then there's always exceptions, like Dave Grohl, yeah. who's got talent and mm-hmm. just, he's, you know, he, he's got a crazy career full of, six, like, and then he's just a dude, good yeah. dude. Like I'm a dude. That's fucking okay. Well, you're well balanced, so it's probably not. And I don't know. Let's not put a th- anything on it. But it's like there's. I'm sure sometimes it might be a choice. I wonder if it's a choice. It's like <clears throat> I can choose to be this way or not. And I yeah, you think get caught I think, in your own success. Yeah, and I think it could maybe it's obvious when the people that are. Like, I don't think Prince was ever a dick on purpose to people. He was (laughs) just, and I've never, you know, you hear like, he was, he's just eccentric. It's like, he's a genius. Yeah. He can't, like, that's who he is. Like, he's, so it's always, you know, and of course it's that whole, you know, you hear, if you hear one story, like, man, I met this dude and he was such a dick. Well, you're one person saying one thing that one time. Maybe he was burnt out and tired and you forget yeah, that he's true. a person too. Totally. Or they, she, and they had a bad day and you got in their face like, hey, fuck, take a picture. Yeah. No, not right now. <laughs> but it's like the ones you hear over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm talking to you. No, I'm just... <laughs> I was going to say Morrissey, but um, he's notoriously uh, a nightmare. And always canceling shows. Yeah. But you also say that about, like, uh, we talked about that, you talked about even goes as far as servers. Like, if a server has a bad day, right. you judge them on that one yeah. day. Right. But you never know if they just had yeah. some Who knows? problem. Terrible they just broke happened. up with their significant other or whatever mm-hmm. that is, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's that, the whole forget, people. we forget that humans are, we're all human. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, people are people, and we're all complicated and emotional, and, you know, dismissing someone's work because they're like, I don't listen to them because they're a dick. I've heard that they're a dick, and I've heard that, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of that too, but yeah. that the ask the question of, again of, like, why... They were probably Why tired. They're, they're, yeah, they're on exactly. tour for fucking three months, and then you try and like get in their face and be like, "Give me a, t- give me give a me fucking, a picture. Yeah. give me a picture, give me an autograph, give me your time, give me your energy." Yeah. Oh gosh, that's just exhausting. Yeah, and I don't know any famous people per se, mm-hmm. but that starstruck thing is always like, it it'll it catches you by surprise. Because um, I've seen, I've been out and about. And you see people and you're just like, whoa, 
And especially it's whoa when they're doing just normal shit. And you're like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you, like, you, just you need like to me. eat. You have to go to Vons. Yeah, they said they're going to Whole Foods. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's funny. Um, well, one question I have: I've been yeah. just talking about music and like, you know, you guys obviously used to buy albums, and part of the fun I think was going to the store yes you dude. listen to oh, stuff and you find yeah. the album and you're like you know it's like going to Blockbuster single. yeah and you yep. pick it out and you go home you can't wait to pop it into your CD player do you guys use Spotify? so I don't know oh, why I don't oh what do you so you I don't, don't at all? I don't I'm a fucking idiot I don't yeah. what do you use? <laughs> um, Pandora and YouTube ugh I know. You know, you know what's Pandora. funny? YouTube is actually the most streamed platform for music. Yeah. It's funny. The um, YouTube Red? Is that where you discover music, though? Where do you discover music? <sighs> Man. Or is it not? Maybe you don't discover it. I, I mean, do, that's the thing. I do. Because and the Spotify, I, I, don't, I have no good answer as to why I don't use it. Um, I just don't have a good answer. Why don't I use Spotify? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I'm dumb. No, it's not because Hey, why don't you use Spotify? Um, <laughs> you know what it is, is I've got a subscriptions to other things, and I'm just like, that's one more. But it's like, yeah, yeah it's worth it. Um, it really is. I, I, have, I think after we sign off tonight, I'm going to go fucking sign up and be like, <laughs> I think, I don't know, I have this weird, like, Thing of having too many apps on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel I can that. See that. I don't. It's not a good excuse. Um, but you can find it on YouTube as well. And yeah. so YouTube is my discovery channel. Like, gotcha. I will. I find most new shit because, you know, you search bar one thing and then mm-hmm. it says suggestions and it's just like, because I also love watching like performances. Um, yeah. Tiny desk concerts from NPR. Like, <laughs> yeah. I fucking love, I go down that rabbit hole like Sundays are always, Sundays, and I haven't done it in a while because I've been going out surfing, which that's, that's good too. But <laughs> one of my favorite things to do is every Sunday I'll pull out, you know, pull up YouTube and just say, what, what kind of mood am I in? You know, and I'll go like, yeah, it's good. I like a lot of like instrumental electronic stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll admit that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who knows it, but a lot of like RJD two is fucking great. Okay, I love yeah, that yeah, shit. Um, uh-huh. Tycho, that kind of like ambient, cool. like cool, Tourist. just kind of fun stuff. But yeah. and then that will lead me down the roads of, and it's like you see an artist next. You know that little menu. It's like you see these. They, oh, that's a. Well, that sounds cool. And then you find performance, and it's just, that's, so, I'd say YouTube would, is my biggest, like, that's how I discover new music, or rediscover old music that I forgot about, too, and then it's just like, oh, fuck yeah, and I love, I love, I was just thinking about that today, I was like, man, thank God for that, if I want a song, or like, I, a song, an old song pops in my head, I'm right. like, man, what was that? Gin Blossoms. <laughs> there you go. We're going back to the 90s. Or what was that 90s band? And I'll type in lyrics and God bless the internet. It finds the song and I'm like, <laughs> oh fuck, that's who did that song. And then I'll listen to it. But Do you th- find like it's, um, I mean, it seems like actually for you, you finding music is actually not a problem with how much content there is today. It's actually just as easy as it was back in the day. 
I to get discover things. Even easier. You think it's easier? Do you guys find like way easier? You are finding more things that you love. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Spotify just released this thing called. Um, have you seen it? Yeah, it's a taste breaker. That's what that's what it's called. Interesting. And they, I'll tell you, in a second, they describe it as. Um, Start 2019 by broadening your horizons. We've made you a playlist of songs from genres and artists you don't normally explore, oh. but we think you'll like it. Cool. And so, because they have the, their algorithm um, uh, software is insane. And so, so far, I've listened to everything on there. And, and I, you've loved it. And I've loved it. That's amazing. Um, See, that's incredible because yeah. sometimes I talk to people and it's almost like there's so much content out there now. It's hard to focus. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's not the same as back in the day. But when you have things that it sounds like YouTube, the way that you, your path to finding things is very actually specific. So you are able to find things that relate to your interests easily. And then you use Discover Weekly and now this new taste making thing. So it's actually really helping you hone down things. It's good to know that there are ways to really focus you know, I and that's what I appreciate about YouTube yeah. is if I want to get specific, you get real specific with YouTube. For yeah. me, it's like that's exactly like yeah. So and it and I love it too because that's um, and even just broad term searches of just like chill ambient music, and then it there's four hour playlists. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I really like that. Really interesting is that so this manager once came in and uh, I was just having a meeting with him and you know how like playlists are broken down into say like today's top hits yeah top rock hits top metal hits all that kind of stuff he was telling me something that made so much sense it's like you know those playlists are good because it gives you visibility but the actual follow through, because these days people will listen to a song, doesn't necessarily mean that they drag it into their own playlist to remember it, right? Right. Like, you know, those playlists actually don't do as well as the chill, the dinner playlist, or mm. whatever. Because most people, you think about it, when we listen to music, we're not listening, You're I want genre. Right. I want feeling. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. I want to have my, so my, my chill fucking surf playlist yeah. or whatever and yeah. those are the ones that that really click through and because they attack our feeling and then you think about it, you're like yeah we listen to music because of feeling at the end of the day yeah and it goes back to well, why yeah. you like metal music right you know or why anyone likes any kind of music because you like to feel a certain way and we feel different things at different times yeah you know study music is one you know yeah if you're working yeah, totally. out that's another one yeah it's all based off of Feelings and that I thought that was really interesting. It is, yeah. That is, I guess I never thought about that, and and it's weird because I on my own little on my iPod, yeah. my playlists are so fun, because it it's a weird dilemma I get to. It's like some of my playlists are very all over the fucking place, and I'm like, well, what do I name that? And I just name it a color or something. I'm like, color, yeah. like oh, that's purple. <laughs> and it makes sense at the time. But like today, so and, and the whole like loving 
a certain style. I'm definitely over like, and it is a mood. It's a feel like, what am I in the mood for? Sometimes I'm, I don't, I go a week or two without listening to any metal, mm -hmm. which, <laughs> oh, withdrawals. No, <laughs> it doesn't happen. It's just like, I don't, that's not what I feel like right now. Yeah. You know, I go on my, I go on sad sack runs and I always pull up the national. It's like, if I want to oh, be national, sad, yeah. but also like not, I, you know, or Lord Huron's cool. Yeah. Um, but it's funny how that, like, what is your mood, you know, and what music do you have for that mood? Cause it does change. And even, even those like sad those it's it's not meant to be like I'm gonna get more sad by listening to it. It's like yeah. no, that's it makes me feel better by listening to that. Yeah. yeah. And also yeah. within one artist, yeah, you have an artist that has very a lot of different kinds of songs. You know, even a metal artist could have something that's a little bit more mellow. Definitely. You know Some of my favorites do. Yeah, absolutely. They have their. You hear them do these instrumentals like we were just talking off mic about In Flames and like. They're one of the many bands that do... I mean, there's heavy, heavy shit. And then they'll surprise you and they play an instrumental piece and you're just like, holy shit. That's really refreshing. And it also shows like, yeah, they're not just like playing a certain just like, oh, they're just mashing. Yeah. They're not just They're not one-dimensional. No. You know? And we were saying again uh, off mic of like, I was explaining to somebody, I was like, me, to me, metal, and I love, I grew up, um, my parents loved classical music, mm -hmm. my dad especially, and he also loved a lot of, like, instrumental metal, you know, he showed us Joe Satriani when we were young, mm -hmm. we're like, oh, that's cool, Joe Satriani's and it's, it's so close, and you hear these scales that these metal dudes can play, and you're like, slow that way down? And that's classical music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I was explaining this to someone. And they're like, "Oh, I don't." And I was like, "My, I have a, I have. There's a million examples out there, but there's this band called Ex Mortis. They're fucking heavy. Yeah. They're from San Fran, I think. And they play a lot of Beethoven sonatas, mm -hmm. or Mozart. Sorry, Beethoven and Mozart. Mm -hmm. Just instrumental, just heavy metal." versions of it and you realize like wow oh yep there's a correlation classical music it is metal <laughs> yeah it'll always be metal you know you think back to it's like beethoven was a fucking rock star oh, in his 100%. day like that dude was on piano like fucking rocking out not only that he had his ear to the ground and he was sitting there stomping so he could feel like right it was beethoven right yeah he was deaf. yeah yeah yep. he's the one feeling the vibration beethoven yeah yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's, uh, it's these these artists who, like what we're saying, they're not one-dimensional. They do a lot of different things. They draw upon different experiences and things like that. And yeah, it's very much like if you know, we were talking earlier about lots of different kinds of interests. You know, you take yeah. all the interests that you have in your life, and that actually creates more value into whatever field you eventually go into. Yeah. And you know, yeah. All of those experiences come together and actually to be a one dimensional artist and whatever that is, whether that's uh, painting or say acting, comedy, 
music yeah that is never the best and you want to be able to have a clear path but also be broad enough you know and be shaped by all those experiences yeah and I've listened to interviews with metal musicians who mm-hmm. you know they they're the good interviewer goes what's on your playlist mm-hmm. oh and then you always hear that like uh <laughs> Okay, and they break down, and they're like, you hear things that you would not expect, but it also is like that's mm. that's that that's nice to hear. Like, yeah. again, it's that being open to others, and you're like, oh, because I think a lot of people get caught up, and and there it's it's doesn't matter what genre it is. There's elitists in everyone. Oh, of course, um, purists, purists. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's like I I listen to metal like that is my fi- but. When I if I tell some of my metal purist friends that I like something else and they're like, this is just gar- why would you even bother? I'm like, yeah. I think you're missing out, man. Yeah. Like, I think you are. Like, you're limiting yourself. Don't limit yourself. Mm-hmm. Who cares? And also, you you don't ever explore. Like, you want to go listen to that, and so it's yeah, it's limiting yourself. Yeah, and it's. Like I said, every genre, like there's, you know, I have punk friends who it's like, it's punk or nothing. And I'm like, okay. Um, oh yeah. I used to have a sticker on my guitar that said, you can't spell crap without rap. <laughs> <laughs> so and then later on, I saw this in the rap. That's so you know funny. what I mean? But yeah, it's. Well, and I, I'm super um, elitist with rap. Like, I can't stand the new rap. Uh, like, I love uh, old, well, old style rap. Like, you don't connect with. You don't connect with it. I don't, it. Connect I don't with either it because yeah. I don't. Except for Cardi B. <laughs> what do you connect with Cardi B? That is my cheese whiz. <laughs> is she's. It, is I. She reminds me what. Because she's a bad bitch. She's she a bad, is bad she bitch. Is, she is. She's such a bad bitch. But I. I love her story. <laughs> Yeah. Like she worked as a stripper so that she could get out of the ghetto because she knew that like going to school would take too long. It wouldn't like she if she could make the most amount of money in yeah. a short amount of time to get out to mm. in order to like make a better life for herself that she was going to do that. She also reminds me a lot of my aunt with how she talks. It's like I watch her and I'm like, that is, that is. Does your aunt do that too? She does. She, everything else. Oh, she's so awesome. I fucking love her. Cardi she's B's. just like purely, she's so Latina. So like that for me is. Yeah. She's, 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 she's just. Yeah. She doesn't give she a doesn't. fuck. She's ghetto and I fucking love it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the appeal for sure because you see her on Jimmy Fallon and it, She's, she's so, so just, she's and hilarious. he's just sitting there, just going like, "What? This he's isn't just, real. Like, this is who you are. Holy shit! This is rad. Like, she's what awesome. are awesome. Yeah, authenticity. She is oh. exactly who she is. She's super authentic. Yeah, I mean, and it shows in her music. I mean, you know what's interesting about her also is that she has help in her music as well. You know, right? <laughs> but again, I like how you say it very, the, very politically correct. <laughs> the brand is so strong. Like, yeah. She could the way she also raps her execution is fantastic. It's so good, and it connects with someone like Gabby, which I was really shocked by. Yeah, she started listening to her. She's like, "Yeah, this is my queen." Yeah, she's. (laughs) Yeah, she's my queen. Do you have a Cardi B tattoo somewhere? No. Forehead. (laughs) Forehead. (laughs) That's where you gotta go, right? Um, I mean, 
Yeah, I remember the first time I heard Nicki Minaj. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Not in a bad way. I was like, yeah. whoa. Like, damn. Yeah. I'm a monster. Like, that fucking song. It was yeah. kind of like, what, 2010 when she started kind of making big waves? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. from there, it's history. But again, like, I... And I remember middle school too, like, or no, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like eighth grade, ninth grade. I found Wu-Tang Clan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I was like, I don't really connect with rap, blah. And then I heard Wu-Tang and I was like, something about it. I was like, I just love the way Method Man raps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His voice. Cause he kind he almost has this, it's not a lisp. It sounds like a speech impediment, like. You know, like there's this yeah. something to it, and I was like, that, yeah, that's that's tight. It feels right. That's cool, man. How'd you do that? And there's that one song, M E M E T H O D, man. And I I used to be able to rap the whole thing. It's oh, been a while, but lucky. I know. I yeah, it's like, <laughs> but I'm so white. I'm like, I don't <laughs> don't think I'm comfortable doing that karaoke <laughs> unless I nail it. I better nail it. But. But that's like a real, like, it's a respect for another art, you know? Yeah. I mean? Even though it's not what you generally listen to. Right. Those kinds of things, like, say, if you were to make music, those, that kind of experience can shape how you right. make your own. It could be metal with a bit of that influence. Yeah, that little bounce. And In Flames, if you listen to a lot of their newer, like, when In Flames, like, late 2000s, you hear... They have a bounce to it. Oh, it does? It's got a hip-hoppy kind of bounce. Mm. And they might not have done that on purpose, and or maybe they did, but it's it's interesting to think about, like, the evolution of people's sound. You know, we were talking about Thrice, yeah. and they're so different. Their first album to now, they're so different. Oh, uh, definitely. And some people... Oh, yeah, you were showing me their last yeah, album. Yeah, some people... Oh, what a difference. Right, yeah. some people lose that you know they lose fans but um weirdly not weirdly it's just a far reach the lead singer of behemoth who is they are very heavy and very black metally and very hail satan-y but <laughs> his name is nergal um but he had he made a good point because their new album's a little different from what yeah. they've been doing and so he's like He's like, I had some fans be like, I don't, th- I don't like, like, what are you doing? What direction are you guys going? He's like, I just make the music that comes to me. Like, right. and if this is what comes to me, this is what I make. Yeah. That's my art. Yep. And I'm allowed to do that. And he's like, and I'm not ever going to apologize for that. I was like, yeah, nobody, no artist should do that when it's, and hey, if you don't like it and you're a fan, then you don't like it. But and I get that, like, missing, like, I wish they, but at the same time, um, it gets old, like, yeah, you know, and, and in that same sentence, Nurg- Nurgal, Nurgal, he's got his, his name's Adam. He's like, a, <laughs> um, he's a, he's a, he's a handsome fellow. Listen, he, and, Adam. And he looks super normal. Like Nerd you look at him and when he's not on I stage, paint, all paint, face painted and yeah. like, you're just like, Oh, he's a dude who does yoga and he's fucking, <laughs> he's, he's a vegan. Like, yeah. but he also said, he's like, I don't ever, he's like, I can't imagine ACDC. 
branching off and doing something else. Yeah. And that's okay. He's like, I'm glad they didn't because that, that ACDC is ACDC. Right. He's like, but we are, he's like, but allowing a little space and having a little like, we can go off and do something different now. Yeah. And you still, and it's still heavy as shit, but it's like, yeah. they're a little more, they have some chorus stuff and there's, they got a children's and no choir. And them for it. And it's like, he's, you know, it's some, some people were like, I don't know about this. And he's like, that's fine. You don't know about it, but we did when we wrote this album. Right. So it's that whole, you know, the whole, oh, sellouts. It's like, that's never, it's, that's, that's an opinion, I think. Yeah. And I don't even know, again, I'm not in that, you know, what is selling out? Like, yeah, I think, you know, it's a delicate balance. It I is. Think. Yeah. You always have to almost establish yourself enough so that you have the privilege of taking an artistic chance. Yeah. Because sometimes you do that. If, it, if you're not established well enough, you do that one thing and it goes wrong, yeah. you lose everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you lose half of your fans. But if yeah. you've established yourself enough and then you try a couple things out, not everyone's going to love it. Yeah. Then you go back to what you had before and you're like, all right, it was really interesting. Um, I mean, I think he was really successful in, in taking a chance. But Calvin Harris, he, uh, for one um, project, he took a chance and had a number of features. It made a very different kind of music. And then right after that, he's like, thank you guys for allowing me to just express myself. Yeah. Um, the next project's going to be more like what you knew. You yeah. Know? That's um, cool. But he had gone through like three or four albums already and people already respected him. You know, right. it's always... Yeah, selling out's a really interesting thing because you can never control how consumers react to right. to your product. Yeah. Right? And no. it's so hard for an artist. I mean, think about it, like for for actors and actresses as well, right? Right. You become that person who gets typecasted, mm-hmm. right? It's so hard yeah. to pivot. You yeah, know? If it is. you do that for a long time, people don't want to see you in another role. You have to really convince them that you're worthy. Yeah. Of that next role. So, I mean, for, I mean, I think actually it's almost like the reverse. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But in that, in music, it's almost like you have to establish yourself enough where you gain the trust. Mm-hmm. But in acting, it's almost like you don't want to do too much of one thing. Yeah. For too long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like you, Jonah Hill. Right. You know? like right. Jonah Hill, he was the. The guy who's just comical, and then he did some serious movie. I don't know mm-hmm. if people necessarily wanted to see him because they always saw him in one light. But yeah. people, I think, really respect him now as a as an artist. So they do. Okay. Oh That's yeah, good. like he's in that new show Maniac on Netflix. Uh-huh. Amazing. Is he well, is that a drama? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think is. if it comes down to if you do if they can do it well, if you do it right. Um, yeah. I mean. Two I big glaring examples, Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're comedians. Yeah. They're funny. Mm-hmm. Very outwardly, very and expressive. And they're talented enough that they could start doing could pivot. these serious roles. And not everybody was on board, but it's also like, well, you can't deny, like, and I'm not, this, again, it's an opinion. The dude's a fucking multimillionaire. Adam Sandler did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would argue that he didn't do it as well. <laughs> yeah, it's hard I for gotta him. I got to agree. <laughs> it's hard for him. But Robin Williams, yeah. you know, it's like, I bought him 
being serious. You know, you want goodwill hunting. It's like, yeah, yeah, that was Mork. Yeah, Mork yeah. And, you know, it's like he he was. It's because he had that range. He mm-hmm. had yeah. that same with Jim Carrey. You know, he was Ace Ventura, and then he was in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless. Yeah, Life. that like, was really holy great. shit. Yeah, what the fuck? But those are also two actors that. Um, you know, s- suffered a lot through depression. Right. Yeah, so, so they could. They already have. Yeah. Right. They already they have, have that massive emotional range tap, yeah. of of yeah. manic. Like yeah. tapping into their. Unfortunately, Robin isn't here anymore. But, but they both, you know, could tap into that 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 manic. Yeah. Um, emotional. They do. Yeah. Change. They know their. They know their dark side mm-hmm. well yeah. enough to be like, oh yeah, I can do that on camera. Oh yeah. And easy, super easy, versus someone that is that almost like doesn't feel that kind of up and down Try would do probably like be a little bit harder for them to like to Stifler. go from one to the next. Yeah. You always use him as an example. You know what? One dimensional to me. That guy's a one dimensional. Because of the role he was cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you seen Goon? No. What okay, watch Goon. Is he in that? He's in that. Is he good? He's very good in it. Really? Um, and he's he, serious. He, he plays a character that is so, like, unassuming, tough guy. We're, it's weird. Like, so Goon is based off a, a real uh, hockey player who was an enforcer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays him really like cause he's soft spoken and he's like he's just a big tough guy who doesn't like he's not it's you have to watch it like you, you watch him and you're like that's Stifler but he's like he's playing it he's really actually, well wow, okay. like he's playing right. it soft and it's like he's and he's pretty funny because yeah. he's unexpectedly not he's not ram, he's not flamboyant and yeah. loud he's like very soft-spoken and kind of like you kind you feel you empathize with him you're like he's a he's a big dude who just like can beat the shit out of people but he's just he does it with this look on his face of like sorry it's really funny it's a really? funny movie too. <laughs> it's really funny I but it, yeah my judgment then until i see that no but i i, I know what you mean though like yeah. it's wow it's 81 percent on rotten tomatoes wow yeah goon is fucking great That's it's crazy. a funny movie um but yeah he does he does have that and that I, maybe that's a maturity thing too i mean yeah, you think you about mm-hmm. did you see role models uh yes I like I did. he he tapped into yeah. stifler for sure but it was also like some people and i think and again it's not like he's not i don't know it's just something like i know what you mean there's some people it's i'll never you know you know who surprised the shit out of me and i've always loved him in his comedic roles because he's so fucking f- like fluid is Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's just yeah. got so that lightheartedness. Oh, yeah. But then I watched that movie Mute on oh, Netflix, so the original, and it, I was so grossed out by his character because he's he plays a fucking scumbag. Yeah. And you're, and he plays it real well. Yeah. And you're just like whoa. Sometimes it's just about what you choose, I guess. Whoa. <laughs> so it's that, but again, I wonder. You wonder too. It's like that. Going back to that drawing from having that openness of like I like everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let me bring that into my performance music mm-hmm. acting all that painting 
I look, I try and consume, I follow so many different artists on Instagram mm-hmm. style wise, like just so I can have that bleed into my subconscious when I'm doing my mm-hmm. own art is just, you know, it's that like a little bit of a fl- little flavor of this, a little flavor of that. Yeah. You know, and it I, makes it more fun. You know, it makes it feel more complete for me too. It's yeah. So we've talked about this a little bit. There's this book called steal like an artist. I, don't I know, have it in my bedroom it. right now. My mom bought it for me. She it's was like, fantastic. you need to read this. It's a great book. It applies to, I think everything where it's nothing that is new is entirely new. Absolutely. It's always borrowed from the old and that's what actually makes it fresh, you know, because you're drawing, there's always going to be that X factor within all of us that brings that Mm -hmm. difference that makes it interesting. It makes it have its soul or whatever, but the principles, the techniques, things like that, they're all drawn upon things that have already been done that before. have come before yeah but what will separate you is just how you perceive that yeah that your perspective on that is yeah. actually what makes it exactly no that's a great book man i i think it was like one of the first early episodes i pulled that book out because <laughs> we were talking about authenticity yeah and i brought that book out because i was like this dude nails it he's like draw from of course people sound like other people in band like Oh, you kind of sound like that. And, you know, some, and I've seen some of my friends in bands that people come up and say, you guys sound a lot like, and I see a cringe. Mm-hmm. And then I see, it's like, okay, that's fine. But then I see my other friends in other bands that, you guys sound like, like that. Sweet. We sound like them. Cool. Yeah. That's good. We're kind of, guess who's on my plate? Like, so. Yeah, that's that that book is a good reminder of like, yeah, you're not doing anything completely novel. Like it's all you're recycling something and that's not bad. It's what's your take on it? Put your spin on it because that's that's what we want to see is 100 percent, you know, so that's. But yeah, I think that's uh, I don't know. I think that's a good spot to end. You guys. Perfect. You guys feel good? Yeah. yeah I feel great. John, thanks so much for doing this, man. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad we finally got yeah, you on, dude. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. All right, Gabby, any closing thoughts of go out and fucking party? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go listen yeah. to Cardi B, right? Uh, yeah. Do you have one Cardi song from Cardi B that we should all go listen to? Which one? No. Oh, I think. No. <laughs> I thought it was Why a... would I know? <laughs> I don't um, know yet. Maybe I, I'll love it. The song that put her on the scene was Bodak Yellow. Bodak. But one yeah. that I think is actually but a fun song to listen to when you're out partying. I like it. That one's a good one. It has I like nice it. Interpolation. The one yeah. that the I like. Called, and I, was I like it. I like it, yeah. Okay. I was listening featuring to it Balvin. Okay. the other day. Or as Gabby would say, J Balvin. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be said. Um, <laughs> so pretentious. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're so correct. Um, I think, I think it was She Bad. She Bad? I think that was the one. That's what you want people to go listen to. Just because like I was in a mood, I was in a mood and then, and then listening to the song, I was like, you know what? I'm bad. I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> I'm a bad bitch. She's a bad bitch. And like, yeah, and That's like, awesome. and a lot of her message is actually about uh, empowerment. about empowerment. It's like I'm a bad bitch. Yeah, yeah. fuck everybody else. Yeah, yeah. fuck Nicki Minaj. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, 
I think she threw her shoe at me. You know what I'm saying? She did. I was like, fuck yeah. Because she said something bad about her baby. Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, it's just that. Yeah, you know what? She deserved it. <laughs> Don't be throwing shade where it ain't meant to be. <laughs> Don't talk about my baby. Don't talk about my baby. <laughs> well, thanks, Gabs. Thanks, John. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. Stay tuned. Episode 35 with Larry Pena coming soon. Yeah. All right. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>